0: I forbid it.
1: No. I'm half of the decisions. No. Well, we're recording. (laughs) That that joke didn't make the live cut. Thankfully. Uh, But neither did my discussion about wanting to own a puppet so that I could entertain myself like an 80-year-old homeless man (laughs) in the streets of Windy Windy Chicago. (sighs) Welcome to the Nightmare Box. Presenting, Mistakes Were Made. (laughs) Bringing you this week's Two Star Tuesday. What?
0: We finally back to it. We're gonna do a Two Star Tuesday. It's probably still gonna be inconsistent, so who knows what next week we'll do, Yeah, next
1: week we're probably not gonna do one, but we're gonna do one today. Um, My name is Brett Bloom, and I'm sitting here with the beautiful... The effervescent, as I joked about that uh, nobody else is gonna get this. The recently deceased Kristen Pennington. <laughs> I told her I was gonna kill her, and then like use my hands to move her mouth and get her to talk, and maybe the audience wouldn't notice. So
0: yeah,
1: but like, how are you doing today? And he'd be like,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's an audio
1: thing. You guys don't get don't feel visual.
0: safe here anymore. <laughs> Please send help. This is no longer my safe space. No
1: <laughs> this place of all places again I would like to reiterate still got fucking note cards on the wall. I don't know at what point you thought this was the safe space. There's a skull over the bedroom door. It, it, it's it's
0: it, not a human skull. It could be. That would be a very weird shaped human No we
1: could get we could get some talk to Shelby No no no. Anyway, uh, so we're going to do a two-star Tuesday. We're going to try to do a two-star Tuesday. We're going to do a two-star Tuesday, once I get myself settled in here. (laughs) Wound up. Um, (laughs) Of the movie Clinical, which is uh, from 2017. It's a psychological horror. We recently talked about a joint love for... Uh, this particular genre. It got a 5.1 on IMDb and a 24% audience score, no critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. It was produced by Campfire Productions, and I can't tell you anything about the budget. uh, It's a Netflix thing, so it doesn't have all the same stuff that you would get with a theater release. Would you like to do the characters?
0: Uh, Synopsis first.
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: Um... I guess, wait, maybe it'd be more helpful to know the characters before we do a synopsis. Uh, Whatever. We're just going to do this thing. We're rusty. We're out of practice. (laughs) (laughs) We're out of
1: practice. I'm working with the show notes. Normally, we just come in here and tell you about the weather.
0: (laughs) So the premise is, was she a psychologist? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, there's a psychologist named Dr. Jane Mathis, who, um, I guess at the beginning of her career dealt specifically with post-trauma patients yeah. for the most part. And then one of her patients attacks her. And so Yeah. Nora. she, yeah, uh, her patient Nora attacks her. So she is suffering from PTSD herself and like kind of backs off taking those kind of patients and goes to like marriage counseling and stuff like that. And um, a post-trauma patient reaches out to her and like begs her to help him. Mm-hmm. So she agrees to help him and she's got uh, like parallel, like weird stuff going on with him and then weird PTSD stuff dealing with uh, her own attack and is Nora stalking her? Is Nora haunting her? Like, yeah.
1: Is Nora alive? Yeah. Is she dead? Are we ever going to answer that
0: question? <laughs> so, uh, characters.
1: Um, well, you covered uh, Dr. Jane Mathis. She's played by Vanessa Shaw of Hocus Pocus fame which uh, I believe was a Disney movie from the 90s that I probably last saw in the 90s. I don't know. I saw it when I was four or five.
0: You want to talk about... Cult classics. That's a one that makes a resurgence every Halloween. Yeah. people are like, "Oh my God, Hocus Pocus!" Like
1: I, I, like that's in Halloween Town, right? That is all I remember from that movie. It was like the scene with a big pumpkin and like the little monsters and people walking around. Or am I mixing up movies?
0: Uh, I think you're mixing up movies. I think there's an actual movie called Halloween Town as well. Oh, okay. and then also Halloween Town is in Nightmare Before Christmas, I believe. I think their town is called Halloween Town. Halloween. Halloween. But she was not the little girl in Hocus Pocus. She was the teenage girl that was like interested in the brother.
1: Yeah. And then Miles, he's the cop boyfriend. He's played by Aaron Stanford. And the two of them, Kristen found out today, uh, played a couple in another movie. And that was 2006's remake of The Hills Have Eyes. So that was pretty interesting. They played a couple then. They played a couple here. I think they were together on some sort of medical show, if I remember correctly. Hmm. I forgot to write that down. It but like they played that. opposite each other in some sort of medical drama. Um, almost everybody in this movie had big TV roles at some point. Yeah. Or minor TV roles or big TV, big, big roles on minor shows, you know. That sort of thing.
0: Yeah, these, none of these actors, for the most part, were people who had, you know, like a small IMDb history. All of them had done quite a bit. Yeah,
1: they're all working actors and stuff. And then we got Nora. She's the little girl who slits her throat. Um, Alex, who's played by Kevin Rahm. Uh, he was in the Bates Motel, for those of you that are familiar with the Bates Motel show, which, personally, love that show big, big fan. Uh, He played the millionaire guy who owned the Hunter's Club, and here he plays Nora's father. He's got the scars all over his face, and he's uh, Jane's main patient. And then you've got Terry, and that's Jane's shrink, and Clara, and that's Jane's friend, and everybody else is complete cardboard. (laughs) Some of
0: these people are too, though. (laughs)
1: So, yeah, most of these people. All you really need to know is Jane, Nora, and Alex, and we'll get you all the way through here.
0: I have one tiny piece of trivia that I wrote down because I had like two pieces of trivia on IMDb that weren't really interesting. Um, But I just dug around like looking up the crew and stuff and discovered this, Um, (coughs) which I feel like will become relevant when we get to the bad. So the director of this film's name is Alistair LeGrand, I believe mm-hmm. is how you pronounce it. He was also credited as one of the writers, and there was one other writer credited that I did not write down, but both of them have only ever been credited on IMDb for writing three films, and they share the same three films with each other.
1: So they've, so. Never, they've not had a diverse group of people
0: to work yeah. with. <laughs> they work with each other.
1: yeah. But you really I would say
0: frequently, but they've only done three things.
1: Yeah, and they've only done them with each other, you know, like you can't develop your own voice solely with one other person. It's one of the main reasons why we got into this. I love working with you, but bringing other people in to help with the script or help you with whatever you're having to do on the film side of things, blends that up. And if you yeah. could, you know, get a good rotation. Intent, hint, send me a fucking email. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if we could get a good rotation of uh, other creatives who were interested in helping out and working on different kinds of projects, we would thus build our own toolbox. because yeah, so other other about.
0: people have their own unique styles. Yeah. So you kind of learn from each other and incorporate mm-hmm. new techniques and stuff. But on to the good. On to the good. What do you got? Um. Probably my favorite thing about this movie, and I think 24%, which that was not a small number of people that had rated it on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, that was like 213 reviews, I think, Mm -hmm. if I'm remembering right, so quite a few people um, reviewed it on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think 24% is a little low, if I'm being honest. maybe not quite the 5.1 that imdb gave it but i i would have rated it higher like i think it was a relatively for the most part well done film and uh one of that's my that's
1: great i'll say awesome.
0: <laughs> one of my favorite things about this film was um and i know i say this a lot about a lot of our two stars it was really cinematically well done it was for the most part a very pretty film yeah. um Brett's a big fan of angles They had a lot of <laughs> Dutch angles in this movie and then just a lot of interesting Someone's angles. Called uh, Dutch called like a weird canon. 45. Yeah. Yeah. It's either called a Dutch or a Canada angle. I call it the Trump angle. What? It's just the, it's number 45. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard you say that before, so that caught me, me off me guard. Me
1: I, I thought of it off the top of my head. Because brilliant.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, uh... <laughs> technical terms for film. It's called like a Dutch angle or a candid angle. Um, Not a fan of the
1: president. Big fan
0: of the Dutch angle. (laughs) But they make a lot of use of that. And then there's just a... great again. (laughs) Can I get through this? No! (laughs) And then there's just a lot of interesting angles in general. There's a shot of the house from under the house looking up. And then there was like a shot of the glass table and it's a reflection of... um, Alex, and it looks like the way that it's shot, you're seeing Alex upside down, but mm-hmm. you're just looking at his reflection on the table. And then um, big, big, big... We just dinged. I don't know if you guys can hear that or not. Um, big use of like color theory. Like This movie is a very blue film for the most part, and it's meant to be kind of isolating, and um, all of the patients in this film are dealing with trauma, so... It's a little overused, but for the most part, it works. Um, sometimes their skin looked a little excessively blue, but uh, you good?
1: Yeah, for some reason, I just got an email you sent me yesterday. I just saw a resume, and then the notification went away, and we've been applying for jobs. and I was like, I've only sent one, and it's to a really big job. I'm like, if they hit me up right now, we're getting off this podcast, we're going to the bar. I <laughs> Continue, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, no, that clo- their application pool closes today, so yeah. we won't hear until tomorrow at earliest.
1: Well, that's what I was, I was like, oh my god, they're so <laughs> blown away. All right, back on track. And apologies. then,
0: no, you're good. And then a lot of uh, shallow depth of field, which uh, Brett asked me to expand on, because you said you didn't know what that meant. Yeah. So um, the concept of depth of field is how much of the image is sharp, um, I believe. Did we both get texted at the same time? Oh, okay. I was like, my phone lit up, and then you dinged as well. Quit fucking interrupting oh, I think me, people. That no, my phone lit up. is from the apartment complex. That's why. You, you and I both got it. You dinged, and I also lit up.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Deep breaths. <sighs> okay. I love you. Show me your boobs. No,
0: I'm <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. Okay, we're gonna find a rhythm eventually. It's been a minute, sorry guys. We're uh, getting used to this again and also getting a lot of interruptions. It's a very busy time of life right now for Jack's us. Jack's hadn't eaten any food, so there's that. There is that, and he does have a full bowl, so it's it might happen later. Okay, focus. Um, shallow depth. Shallow, well, depth of field in general. Depth of field,
1: shallow depth of field. <laughs>
0: Shallow depth of field is a particular type of depth of field. Depth of field in general is how much relative sharpness there is in what you're okay. seeing. So a shallow depth of field is when if you have a person sitting in front of like a pond or whatever, and the only thing clearly in focus is the person and the pond and everything else looks very blurry. Does the
1: shot have to be t- like close or no, can it be it like matter. a distant shot and you're like focused in on the one thing?
0: No, it doesn't matter. Okay, um, cool. Depth of field is just how much of the image is sharp like they I think it's technically considered incorrect to say in focus but um how much of the image is sharp so if the only thing that is clearly in focus is the person and the whole scenery is very blurry that's considered a shallow depth of field and if everything is very clear and in focus it's um I don't I don't know what the correct term is Is no uh I don't know if it's like high depth of field yeah deep depth of field there you go thank you I was like, I don't know why I'm having a hard time remembering what is with the, the proper of shallow, shallow? <laughs> yeah, deep depth of field. Yeah,
1: find you a writer.
0: That person in your life, like
1: the saurus in my head, screaming at people on the subway.
0: It blinked on me as soon as I like went to say it. I was like, fuck. What is the opposite? Yeah, yeah deep depth of field is whenever most of the image is, you know, sharper in focus or whatever. So, uh, I won't go crazy into depth about how you achieve that. Um, But one of the main ways you can achieve that is fucking with your camera's aperture. So this is where it gets confusing and it takes a minute to get used to. So aperture is like on a number scale and I'm not gonna go into the number scale because that's a whole nother discussion. But the larger the number, Mm -hmm. the lower the depth of field. So when you have a big number, you have a shallow depth of field. And When you have a small number, you have a deep depth of it's field. Like the
1: pH scale. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it's it's basically the opposite. So it's kind of a thing you have to like get used to because it, like your aperture we've, to him
1: we fucked with that in the woods when I stabbed my hand. Mm-hmm. We were trying to get the the feet sway mm-hmm. to like come in and out of focus yeah. or whatever. It so was. yeah, that was. So yeah, depth that's of aperture field. type mm-hmm. stuff.
0: Which there are different ways you can achieve that but aperture, like if you know nothing about this and you're trying to learn is the easiest way to manipulate your depth of field and it affects how um wide open the lens is so the bigger the number the tighter the the, uh, lens is closed so your depth of field is more shallow the smaller the number the wider the lens is open so you get more in focus and it affects how much light your camera sees as well. So it'll affect how bright or dark your image okay. looks. So you got to kind of find like a healthy it's medium. kind of like how your eyes dilate mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, like literally same concept. So yeah, they use a lot of stuff like that. And my one piece of advice there is it's done really well, but it's a little overplayed. Like whenever we did the dolls... Um, and we sent it off to be reviewed. Uh one of the comments that we got back from the the guys that did like a review of it was um that the music was tense at points where nothing tense was happening. Yeah. And, you know, it, it it's just a weird moment to add it. Like just trying to make the whole film tense for no reason and this movie honestly in my opinion did that a bit excessively as well. Like, there would be, like, shots of her. they that
1: aperture switch to... Well,
0: it was mostly with the angles. They did a lot of weird okay. angles. And, like, um, Dutch angles are typically used to create a sense of unease because it doesn't look natural. No, when we
1: shoot, like, when we switch jobs... And do that movie, uh, I'm shooting the entire thing at a 45 degree angle. Well. And you're going to feel like you're constantly sliding off your couch.
0: Well, when you overplay that, it, it's like it no longer has I'm the. I'm not going to cut to any other shot, but I mean, it'll
1: light it up perfectly at 45 <laughs> degrees. There's even going to be black corners because you could just tell that I filmed it straight up and I turned it on its ass.
0: But yeah, whenever you overuse those kind of features, they lose their effect a bit. Like, I think I remember there being. A shot where she was like just sitting on her french porch and yeah. french porch front porch sorry i'm still thinking about amped bars. what no uh front porch and it was a, a dutch angle and like nothing was going on yeah. and i think the music was even a little tense and nothing was going on and it's like okay you're like playing it up a bit and i didn't write his name down either but the cinematographer for this uh, movie also worked on Push, if anybody remembers that. I don't remember what year it came out because I didn't write that down either, but it had uh, Chris Evans, Camilla Bell, Dakota Fanning, like, quite a few. Yeah. I think, uh, oh my god, his name just left me. <sighs> the actor that uses motherfucker in every other sentence. Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. Samuel L. Jackson, I think, was also in it. So it had qu- quite a few, like, very prominent actors a lot of <laughs> and it ended up like they left it open for a sequel and i think it ended up kind of being a flop of the film and i remember i didn't dislike it i actually thought it was an all right film but it wasn't like outstanding but thinking at the time there was a lot of weird excessively used like techniques like yeah. that like they i think they did like lens flares a lot and i think he like fucked with the depth of field a lot in that movie too so he does it well.
1: But he's like the M Night Shyamalan of the that job for right now.
0: Yeah, but he yeah. he has this trick that he does well and he's like, I'm gonna use it all the time. Yeah. So if you're getting into like experimental cinematography, trying to like make your shots more interesting and stuff, you know, sometimes less is more like
1: Yeah, I mean like if he didn't feel like he hit it right the first time around and wanted a second shot at it, you know, that's one thing. You can't fault a guy for that sort of a thing. But if your signature is overusing like if your movies look like my Instagram you've got a problem like my whole Instagram looks like you need to turn your phone in a weird new direction to see it all stand up, right?
0: <laughs> sorry that's my long winded first good slash advice oh no and I'm about... going to ask
1: you even more questions <laughs> right now um, my first good is the flow to the editing like, they're, like this is one of the first films that we've watched together where the editing flowed like, it, 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 they jumped from scene to scene without, like, jerking us out of the, you know, scene that we were in. Like, scenes almost seemed to walk into each other or fall into one mm-hmm. another. Um, like, c- kind of like that classic, you know, walking into one room and then you're, like, walking out of the entire building, you know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think that was some of the things that were on your good list. You know, for example... Um, the flashlight moon scene. Yeah, like,
0: really cool use of transitions. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, to some extent, like, they had a couple of really cool transitions. Like, that was one of them where you're looking at the moon, and then the moon suddenly becomes a flashlight somebody yeah. else is holding, and that's how we move into the next scene. And then there was one where we're looking down at water, and the water becomes the clouds in the sky, and it moves us into the next scene. Mm. So they did stuff like that a couple of times which are just kind of cool transitions that meld into the next scene so it seems more seamless but i think i wish i'd looked up what else the editor had worked on like kudos to them for the most part the tail end of the film kind of took a nosedive but for having we're
1: in agreement that it took a nosedive because of the writing of the end of the film i think yeah this is at no point the director's error or the editor's error
0: Oh, the director was one of the writers. (laughs) I I, I think, I look at
1: that like when somebody's like, oh, you know, me and my ghost writer wrote my autobiography. It's like, oh, you mean you paid that guy $500 to write your autobiography?
0: (laughs) And, and yeah, like, if the story is a certain way, the editor can only do so much. But the pacing, like, ramped up like significantly to Mm -hmm. a ridiculous level towards the end and we're still
1: in the goods we're not allowed to start (laughs) no i'm not i'm
0: just saying i'm just saying like outside of the end where like if we're talking about the editing the pacing just felt funny like props to the editor and the transitions that didn't have like cool little effects like the moon and the flashlight i think the editor to me anyway seemed to have a strong sense of like how much time you needed to let a scene breathe because it didn't yeah. feel like we were leaping around because we stayed in each scene for an appropriate amount of time and then it was like an on to what you know this person's doing
1: mm-hmm. and it just kind of fell into it
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh i loved that i thought that was really well done um you want to do your number two or do you want to
0: um, well, we technically just covered one of mine, so if you want to do another one, you can. I'm sorry.
1: I didn't mean to steal your. Well, fingers. actually, I'll do
0: my number well, fine. 2 because well, fine. It, well, fuck yeah. me and no, my goods. No, it bleeds into what you're going to say. That's what I'm going to say cuz you can expand upon it, um, especially considering you know firsthand like what it feels like to deal with PTSD. That was one of my goods Whew. like it felt like Let's Get into that. The trauma I felt for the most part it felt relatively believable
1: the yeah, and that's also you know one of the things that I have written down you know Nora's um, Violent attack on Jane and then the cutting of the wrists the slitting of the throat. Oh, I'm sorry all of that was very very dark and it set like this landscape for the trauma, you know, it's a, a, a film focused on post-traumatic stress disorder and every single character Is in some sort of a conflict, you know. Your main three are all in conflict with each other because of abuse or therapy or um, the inverse, you know, of Nora and Alex's relationship, which Mm -hmm. we'll get to in the bats. Kind of bounces (laughs) around, but then you've also got Terry who's trying to reach Jane, and you've got Clara who's trying to reach Jane. It's a very conflicted film yeah and I I greatly respect the attempt at making the monster something inside of your head Mm -hmm. because that's like what I really enjoy when I'm reading uh horror is you know you can kill almost everybody you know you can't kill the canonical uh horror villains but um you can kill a physical monster, you know. You mm-hmm. can take that thing out, but short of killing yourself, you can't fix that. You know, you you cope with it. I was going to say, but in a horror film, if that's the monster, you have been invited to witness the madness. That you know, I, I've listen. I've never had a twelve-year-old girl cut her throat and then fucking try to stab me oh, to death. She was twelve. I've I think never she was been older. anything like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> And I've not been through things that I'm sure a lot of you guys, you know, have, uh, have been through. But I know what it feels like to feel alien inside of your own head and not be able to trust it. You know, I get that feeling. I've left carts in grocery stores. I've walked out of restaurants. <laughs> no, I've done, I've, 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 I've done all of those types of things. Um, but we'll get to it in the bads is uh, where they fucked up post-traumatic stress disorder.
0: Um, on the flip side, though, of the literal trauma, I like, that they made some attempt to show the actual coping with it, like, um, she does the breathing exercise with Alex. Yeah. Whenever he's having a panic attack, and then we kind of see, like, her struggling with her own, like, ability to go to sleep and stuff at night. So, like, I like well, that it wasn't just... I'm freaking out and seeing all these things I shouldn't be seeing. And we're all just like spiraling mm-hmm. downhill. Like there was like a small measure of like, how do we cope with this thing we're dealing with?
1: Yeah. And what I thought was really well done that I didn't write down was that first therapy meeting. I've been to, I've, I've had seven or eight therapists. Like I've had so many shrinks, I've forgotten how many fucking shrinks I've been in and out of therapy since I was like 19. So I've uh, been, been through the ringer with them but that's how it feels like you're there. You don't know this person. You don't know if you trust this person enough to open up about what you want to talk about the whole reason you're there for like the first month. You're not going to talk about it. You're just both going to silently acknowledge that you're there for a reason that you're not going to bring up. You're just going to keep paying this person to get comfortable with this person until you can tell this person what's going on happens with every shrink happens with damn near every patient. If you were open about it it wouldn't be traumatic yeah so there's you know they have to get in there and dick around with your you know you to <laughs> you well, know, i think you have to earn a level of
0: yeah i was gonna say yeah. trust to yeah. open someone up in that way for
1: therapy by the way while we're talking about it if you if you're going through something go if you walk out of your first therapist meeting and never go back again uh, that's a problem because it's going to take time you have best friends in your life And uh, most of my best friends I've met because we got in a fist fight. (laughs)
0: Probably probably wouldn't recommend doing that. (laughs) No, but
1: I'm I'm just saying, you know, you are uh, paying for the ability to speak to them, but they make a lot of money because people pay to talk to them. So if your leg was broken, you wouldn't go to the guy down the street. To try to put your leg back together, you'd go to a fucking hospital where they specialize in leg health.
0: <laughs> Although when I broke my toe, I did just bandage that myself. <laughs> well, like
1: things like that, yeah. But like if I was getting, if I had a, a little girl trying to stab me to death, I might go, you know, <laughs> seek some mental health options. So um, don't try to handle it all on your own. So reach out when you need help. So that's my little note on that. Now I get to get uncomfortable. <laughs> Hand me another good. Let's we'll, we'll dive into PTSD slowly throughout this because we're gonna revisit it again on the other side of this.
0: Um, while we're still kind of in that vein, um, the sleep paralysis scenes were all super cool. A like, fucking
1: fan though.
0: Not particularly because um, Vanessa's acting was like spectacular on them. Like. Uh,
1: I read a review today where
0: it's. Mara. Yeah. I couldn't remember what the other movie was where we dealt with sleep paralysis. Um, the actress in Mara, like, I was like, when she, like, got all tense and couldn't move, I was like, okay, like, she's selling it. It looks believable. And not that the actress in this did a bad job. The focus just wasn't really on her. You'd see her kind of open her eyes, and then we'd move into what was happening in the room. And, um, yeah, Kick Ass Effect, which might have been my favorite shot in the whole film, where. The ceiling fan in her bedroom is spinning, and then the fan stops, but the shadow of the fan keeps moving. That
1: was fucking wild.
0: Like, that was uh, my favorite shot, I think, in the whole film. Like,
1: pause the movie. We were both like, did that just fucking happen? And then, like, go back and rewatch it. I was like, that's fucking insane. (laughs) It's such a, no, it's such an interesting detail. Because, like, it doesn't, like, build music and then the fan stops. It's just you're watching this fan spin and you're like, oh, they'll fade to black. They'll wake up the next morning. They'll bring the sun in. They'll, you know, pull the sun out. And it's just like... In the the background. God damn, that was fucking brilliant.
0: And there's a cool... Which, the fan was way cooler. But there's a cool Mm -hmm. shot later in the film where um, Jane is on her couch and has, like, an episode again. And she manages to get her leg to move and kicks over a lamp that's mm-hmm. next to the couch and um nora's in the room and nora's kind of drifting in and out of the lamplight yeah. and it was a kind of a cool little shot too God,
1: yeah that was some uh, they, they did some brilliant things there um my third thing here i've got uh or fourth i guess because we, we yep yeah, fourth um I like that Jane, none of the other characters do it, <laughs> but uh, Jane changes under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's a different person with her shrink Terry than she is with her friend Clara when they go out jogging, and she is with Alex when she's a therapist. Like, you get to see her as the one in control dealing with Alex because she's the therapist, the medium. Where it's like, is she going to be okay? Because she's talking so clinically, she's not opening up to her therapist. And then when she's with her friend, it's almost like she's the one who needs the support. So, like, you get to see different stages yeah. of her character, which you don't normally get to see in a horror film. Normally, they're just scared shitless, you know? There's and there's a no shift in mood
0: unfortunate lack of development there but you see a little Mm. bit of like that vulnerability with her boyfriend like something happens and she asks him if he'll stay the night with her so yeah like that is kind of interesting to see because I mean that's real life like yeah it creates
1: a real character
0: yeah I wouldn't talk to somebody at work the same way that I would talk to you so like that was nice that they paid attention to that level of detail Uh, yeah why?
1: You seem very tense.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love you.
1: I love you more. Are you, are you sure you okay. Mm. Right. So your next good is?
0: Uh, I really liked the black and white scenes. Um I feel like it's kind of hard to pull off black and white successfully cuz yeah. you really kind of have to nail the lighting since there's no color. So like you got to have like a good ratio of like your shadows. And the black and white scenes in general were very pretty. But then also, there's like a scene where one of the characters has blood all over his face. And um, like, a little Sin City-ish, like you mentioned, but yeah. really cool.
1: No, I really enjoyed those. And yeah, that was my only real comment on them. <laughs> they were they were very Sin City. Like the, um, what do you call it? uh Hyper Color, is that the right
0: Pigmentation? I don't know. No, I like don't know what word are going Technicolor. You're
1: like almost a technicolor red during the car crash scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Have we killed the mood? It was well done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: Okay. Um, my last good is... Uh, the scene where Jane kills Nora with the corkscrew. Mm-hmm. Stabs her in the fucking head. Takes her all the way out. The
0: blood coming out of her yeah, eye. Yeah, the blood
1: That's coming cool. out of the eye. That whole fucking situation. And then she gets to the therapist office and they show her the security footage of her stabbing her boyfriend in the dome. And that, ladies and gentlemen... Is misdirection. We <laughs> Which were,
0: we talked about recently. We
1: talked about last Tuesday. As a matter Miss of Tuesday. fact. Yeah. Yeah. On last Tuesday's episode. Pulling you, the wow, curtain you aside. Have... We record these on Wednesdays and Sundays. And yeah, go but... out a week later. Oh, that's
0: the one that came out on Monday. You're right. Yeah. Because mm. I accidentally released it early. It's because
1: mistakes were made. Cheers.
0: <laughs> I was like, wow, you have way better memory of when these are coming out. And I was like, oh, yeah. That was the one I fucked up.
1: But yeah, we talked about Misdirection, and that was a really interesting play on it because it pulls Nora into the real world. Of course, the trick goes to absolute shit approximately five minutes later in the film, and then the entire film takes a shit. <laughs> but uh, I have one
0: more good before we get into that.
1: Okay, go for it. I'm just gonna <laughs> expand on that one. Oh,
0: sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I thought you were about to nose dive into the bads. I was like, wait, not yet. No,
1: go for it. No, go ahead. No, that should have been the exact moment where they stopped the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, you just killed your boyfriend. Now you're in the shrinks. They could have, like, closed the door Green Mile style.
0: Which I was actually kind of mad that that happened because we took a break and stepped outside before, like, that part of the movie happened. And, like, we're like going back and forth on how we thought the movie was going to end. And I said that I thought, um, Nora was going to show up to kill Jane and Alex was going to kill Nora, but, uh, her boyfriend miles was going to show up and think that Alex was attacking her and kill. Yeah. Yeah. And then kill miles, you know, on accident. So I was like, that was my theory of how the movie was going (laughs) to end. And Brett was like, no, she's going to wake up in a hospital. And then she woke up in a hospital. and I was like, God damn it. (laughs) That's why I'm not a writer. <laughs> I was so mad. I think
1: I called like the the whole ending type almost to a goddamn T until they got to that shit show yeah. for the last 15 minutes.
0: Ooh, and we're about to get there. Are
1: we gonna dive into the bads? No, story? I got one more good. Okay. Um,
0: my last good was the makeup. Yeah. Was oh. Super well done. Like Alex has all these scars on his yeah. face, and his face is heavily deformed. Through the whole movie, and movies don't get done in one day. Like this was, I'm assuming at least a minimum of two weeks. You yeah. know, and that's hyper pushing it. They may have spent a whole month on this. And well, it's
1: a Netflix project, so they probably were really taking their time. You know, you've got money if you've got Netflix money. Yeah, yeah.
0: which it's possible. I don't. I've never worked with Netflix. I don't know. Yeah, we couldn't find enough but information. I, about I have that. worked on low budget films that like ram those schedules in there and they're like we're gonna shoot a whole movie in two weeks i'm like you sure that's a good idea (laughs) but you know they spent somewhere between you know two weeks a month or more making this film and his face looked the exact same every single time yeah so makeup on point i'm assuming assuming it was a prosthetic but on point
1: well uh diving into the bads because bands. we can, I, I, we can address that one right off the stop. So we're going into the bands. This is where we should have some sort of music to like. We should have like a good, it's like a well, do 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 do, and a bad, like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> like, like Kind of like key everybody in, you know. Have like drops. I gotta, I gotta get better at garage band. I tried well, You
0: made to, the intro. Yeah, but then I going. also
1: went on to like try to make a drop uh, like two weeks ago. And I couldn't figure out how to play the instruments on the keyboard like I was able to every, uh, like when I made (laughs) the thing, like you hit A and it changed the pitch and S changed the, like you almost play the keyboard like Hmm. a piano. And uh, I couldn't figure out how to do that again. Like I Hmm. was like, I kept clicking on instruments, but it wouldn't let me. I'm not computer savvy and I'm brand new to Apple. Well,
0: I don't know if because this is totally off topic, I don't know if their latest software update is like buggy or what. But it, you remember how I was trying to download the files from your computer and back yeah. them up on my hard drive and your recents folder wasn't showing anything at all? I got onto my laptop the other day um, Trying to find something I had downloaded in my recents folder was blank also. So I don't know if like their last software update was wonky or what. Because I had the exact same problem on my computer. So it's yeah. like, that's weird.
1: You were like, well, you might have to delete something. And it was like, what? no, you've got like six years worth of memory. <laughs> I kept saying, <laughs> so I for some
0: reason, under all your files, it just had the words out of space. And I was like, oh. If I
1: filled up a MacBook in six months, you know how fucking proud I am? Well,
0: you, I did check your computer, like when we were trying to figure that out, and you have used about half the memory. <laughs> so in another six months, you're gonna need to offload some of that. Just
1: retire it, buy another no. one.
0: No. <laughs> yeah, they make hard drives for a reason. I don't. You keep literally everything on there. Like I don't keep any of the show files on my well, computer. I ever told you
1: about the one time I tried to uh, upload my entire iTunes? Um, catalog to my old HP, Uh -uh. it took four days. (laughs) Days.
0: (laughs) Did it hold all of it?
1: Thousands upon thousands of songs. (laughs) It it held all of it, and then it never worked right again. It got physically heavier.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's how that works, but... (laughs)
1: So diving into the bads, we'll start off with the the big issue of what happens to the beautiful prosthetic that is uh, Alex's face. Go ahead. It comes off like a cheap mask at the end. Gets all pulled off because he's got skin grafts. And I don't know if you work in a hospital Mm -hmm. and I know people who've had skin grafts. Um, It doesn't all come off In one piece. No, it's part of your flesh after that. yeah. Like she sinks her nails
0: in and instead of just clawing out the chunk where her nails are, literally rips his whole face off. Like it
1: would make sense if he had had stitches like along, you know, like the seams still. But this is like a fully integrated skin graft. Weird that it's also carved up now that I think about it. That if he had skin graft surgery, it would be a little more even. Oh, but
0: yeah. I think i think it was supposed to be, like, scarred looking.
1: Like where he got the muscle cut out underneath, maybe? I don't know. I don't know enough about skin graft. But I know if I grabbed you by the cheek with enough force to pull off your skin, I'm not going to be able to evenly pull off your entire face. <laughs>
0: which, speaking of which, that wasn't something that I wrote down, but just while we're on that topic, um, I don't work in...
1: She like uses it to brace her fall.
0: Like, <laughs> she's I like don't. going out
1: the window, and it's like, this will slow me down, and if it does. It's like a small bungee cord that just. Like...
0: Um, I do work in a hospital, but I don't work in plastics, so I don't know whether or not this is actually commonplace. So, if you are listening and you
1: ever had your face ripped off, well, by if an angry you have
0: any. Better understanding of plastic surgery than I do. Um, they mentioned that he got a face transplant in this film, like a donor donated oh, his face. Oh, full
1: face. face? Uh, when we were going over it, it read skin graft, and I thought it was a, a,
0: a. No, like in the film, they they say that he got on a donor list and literally got a face transplant. Like he is wearing somebody else's face in this film, and. I have always been under the impression... That other
1: person also have their face cut all to shit by a 14-year-old with a piece of fucking Christmas <laughs> ornament? or <Where is>
0: <laughs> I have always been under the impression that if you get a skin graft, they pull it from your own body because your body won't reject yeah. your own skin. So my understanding is they take from the meatier areas of your body where you have that spare skin to give up, like the back of your thigh, your ass, you know, place like or places I've like that. Seen
1: Facial transplant.
0: I've never heard anybody say they got a face transplant. I I think
1: I saw it like in a BBC article about this thing. And I think it was in India, but it was an attempted suicide. And it attempted like blew her whole face, like right off her head with a shotgun. And um, they took a dead woman's face and put it on her face. I've never heard that before. Yeah like I've only heard of one instance of this and Alex is like not in a financial position to (laughs) pay for some Indian doctor to come in and put another dude's head on his head. But why of all the heads would you choose a dude who also had been sliced to shit?
0: Well, I'm I'm guessing that's supposed to be because the scars are mostly around the rim of his face. So I'm guessing those are meant to be, that's where the graft like ended
1: so is he like reliving the trauma of his face? Maybe like maybe that's what actually happened to the victim of the car accident as he went through the windshield.
0: No, uh, he lied and made that up yeah. so that he could get. But skin do you graft. think
1: that's? Something connected, maybe like he. That's why he chose that lie. Like that's why my face looks like this. It's not that my daughter did this to my no, face. No, he
0: he made up, which they expanded on that, and like towards the end of the film, he made up that there was a car accident and a girl yeah. that he helped. No, he
1: got himself into a car accident. Yeah, he purposely, to get on the donor list. purposely yeah.
0: unbuckled himself and put himself through his own windshield, so that his daughter wouldn't get arrested it, for no, stabbing him, like but it doesn't but then make sense still kind of
1: went to the therapist office to
0: Well, it doesn't make sense. He he says he did that so that he could get the transplant. But I think your daughter attacking you and fucking up your face, people would still be like, "Oh, like you still need you know something done Skin with breaths. your face."
1: Yeah, your whole head's fucked up. But like you can't punch out a 14-year-old.
0: But, like, the thing that doesn't make sense... <laughs> if,
1: I, if I had a 14-year-old daughter, or however old she was, and she came at me with a knife, I, I, I can see myself getting stuck once or twice, but that much, at some point, you're punching your kid.
0: <laughs> but the thing that doesn't make sense, which, granted, they don't show the aftermath of him face planning his windshield after he unbuckles his seatbelts. So his face was probably significantly more fucked up. And let's not even bother, you know, expanding the fact that holy fuck brain trauma, he's yeah. probably at this point a vegetable because he runs head on into a semi. Let's just gloss over all of that. <laughs> but like in they show, him cut up from what his daughter did to him and he literally like all of the scars he has on his face throughout the movie or all the places he has cuts where his daughter fucked up his face and like to me like that wasn't a bad enough injury to be like we got to replace your whole face it's like we got to stitch can drive, you up
1: drive to the fucking hospital go to the ER say I got attacked by I some crazy mugged. homeless fucking dude and then like you you're actively driving bro <laughs> and like to
0: me like those injuries were i mean severe like you gotta patch those up but those were let's stitch you clothes injuries like not let's transplant your face injuries
1: no I've been stabbed twice I got stitched up once (laughs) (laughs) and the the one here is uh, nowhere near as bad as anything that was going on on that dude's face and that was just gauze and some fucking neosporin
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's, it's Anyway, was there, did you, I feel like when we were at the, the diner, you had something else attached to that. Was that the only point on that one?
1: Um.
0: If it was, it's fine. I'm just, I'd maybe just. No, nah, no,
1: just that it comes. Uh, oh, yeah. The bigger issue, right? So like the face is one whole thing. Uh, she stabbed him in the jugular.
0: Oh, yeah, that's
1: right. And, uh, that means that you're going to die. St- not a medical doctor, Uh, fast as fuck. You are going to bleed out in the next three heartbeats. You've got no time. This dude spends the whole last ten minutes of the film running around, like holding on to his jugular vein Blood streaming to the point where it's, like, dripping off of his shoes.
0: Yeah, he comes up the Still fighting everybody. And his pants leg is completely soaked in his own blood. Yeah. Like, it's not just, oh, it got on my shirt. Like, it's literally... No, it's like you're dying
1: of an... Art, like, not artillery. Uh, artery. You know, cut. Like, he's... Yeah. Got his whole left side of his bloodstream fucking shut down. And what finally he's kills spurtin him? Is through his fingers. He gets hit in us. the head with a baseball bat, which knocks him out, which means that he can't hold on to the wound and is apparently still heartbeat bleeding out of the side <laughs> of his fucking neck. And then gets killed when his face gets ripped off.
0: And the thing that's crazy is while he's bleeding out of his neck, he like tells her. That because, he's able
1: to talk at all is yeah. ridiculous. Like he, the he, fact that he didn't just immediately go ts, start, ts,
0: start and choking die is <laughs> <laughs> like he tells her, you know, he's going to torture Some her to death.
1: Sprinkler of blood running around the apartment. Like, what the fuck are you doing, bro?
0: <laughs> but he, he tells her as he's bleeding out of his neck, he's going to torture her to death. Like, essentially, chases her out the window and she drops from the second floor. And like. If he's really that motivated as he's spurting blood out of his neck, you'd think he'd, like, run down the stairs. And if he was really, like, bleeding out and, like, die in, you know, the hallway or something, he goes to the couch, sits down, and faces the TV on the couch and dies. It's like, yeah. that doesn't make Which any sense.
1: Which she finds after a backfall off the second story she of the building. He passes
0: out for a minute. Like, he had time to, like...
1: How that didn't break her back, clean ring her fucking bell... We have no idea how much time has passed. He's just fought. Like, he's. Who the fuck is this dude? What the fuck? <laughs> um, but that leads us into the whole last 15 minutes were incomprehensible horseshit. That shit got so fucking tangled. It felt so fucking rushed. Like, there was this need to kill, like. Like, like Shakespeare style. You're just going to kill every character that's on the fucking stage. You've mm-hmm. got to get them all dead. Why does Clara and uh, Terry die? Nobody knows. Nobody knows why Nora was supposedly alive, then dead, then alive, then dead, then alive, then dead. That's never fucking cleared up. How you're treating a patient who has stabbed you and who has been hospitalized for that, and you didn't even know they were still alive, and then they've like hung themselves, and then they're like breaking into the. It... The whole 15 minutes is just complete and utter dog shit. <laughs> you did so fucking good for an hour 20. <laughs>
0: Do we want to dive into some of that, or are we just going to rush through it in a rant? (laughs) We're
1: going to dive into it. I'm going to get a refill. Kristen's going to bring you guys back down on the level.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, so since we've kind of just dived straight into this, um, I felt like the ending was... Shock value for the sake of shock value and no actual closure. Like, there was multiple points where it was like, we could have ended here, and then we could have ended here, and we're still going. Why haven't we ended yet? Well,
1: that's the frustrating part, is the rest of it seems so deliberately paced. Like, it it felt like we were going somewhere, and if they would have ended it with a corkscrew in the brain, we wouldn't have had to deal with any of this other horseshit. I don't even remember why Clara and Terry were there in the first fucking place, to get killed off camera. And he
0: just makes some side comment about practicing torturing them to death so that he could get it right. For How more did he
1: know about Jane. them?
0: See, and that's the th- that's one of the major things that kills me about this ending. So Jane is essentially locked up in a mental institution, which doesn't make sense because. She accidentally kills her boyfriend Miles because she
1: Well, it's manipulated because Alex drugged her.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, which he somehow has the knowledge to edit her security cam footage, so
1: he knows where her laptop and password and Yeah, all the like batteries.
0: the cops don't know any of this, but she accidentally kills Miles because she's hallucinating and thinks Nora's attacking her. But to me, I feel like even if you edit the security footage and edit out all of, you know, the bullshit yeah. where he comes in and drugs her, what you see is this girl is sleeping on her couch, her boyfriend lets himself into her house without her consent.
1: She wakes, she wakes up, she panics, and up. stops him.
0: Yeah, yep. and he's they show in the security footage he's shaking her, grabbing her, holding her. She grabs the corkscrew mm-hmm. off of the counter, and stabs him. So to me, that's self-defense. It even looks
1: like justifiable homicide. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck is this jerk-off doing yanking her around the apartment? Yeah,
0: they don't like live yeah. together. He He's not technically, just because they're dating, allowed to let himself into her house. Yeah, without and, a
1: knock on the door, without anything.
0: Well, even if you do knock on the door, if she doesn't let you into the house, you are not allowed to no, let no, yourself into no, the house. consent, son. <laughs> and Jane then gets locked up. And somehow manages to break out. Breaks out of a
1: fucking mental hospital.
0: And then, uh, what's his name? Fuck, what's the bad guy's name?
1: Uh, Alex.
0: Alex. Alex has time to taser her. Take her back to her that own house. Doesn't just
1: tase her. Tases Clara oh. in the same goddamn oh. car. How did he know she was gonna break out of the fucking hospital?
0: Well, he he they justify it in passing cause he's like, Oh, I've been trying to figure out how to break you out and I've just been sitting here every day trying to figure it out and you conveniently came running out. It's the most bullshit excuse. But that aside, like I will overlooked the fact that he tasered Clara and I will overlook the fact that he tasered Terry because <laughs> maybe their coworkers just don't give a fuck and haven't noticed they've yeah. gone missing, but Jane breaks out of a mental institution, this dude has enough time to tase her, take her back to her own place, tie her up and then this whole and stupid exchange. And the cops exchange. have not gone yeah. back to
1: her own place where you would go if a mental patient yeah. accused of fucking homicide.
0: No cops show up at any point and like, you turn those sirens on, you can be wherever you want to go in a couple of minutes. Yeah. Like like the cops for sure would have shown up
1: The Yeah, a her cop house. was killed there the night before. Yeah. They would still have that place.
0: Well, it had caution tape on it. No,
1: that place would still be, like, there'd be people there.
0: (laughs) But the fact that, like, she legit had time to break out, and then the whole... Because I think it's, like, the sun's going down, and then it's nighttime when she's in her own house. So, like, the whole afternoon had time to pass, and nobody... nobody, showed up. Nobody shows up.
1: Not a single detective working the case decides, well, the woman we're accusing of murder might go in there. Because she's mentally unstable.
0: Yeah, and as we've talked about, for whatever reason, um, Alex has abducted both Clara and Terry, her her friend and her therapist, and
1: has no connection to Nora or Alex.
0: No, none at all. (laughs) But they're people that Jamie cares about, and he's tortured and killed them, and he makes some passing comment like, "Oh, I've been practicing" or whatever. But like, there has been so little development of these characters in this film that I didn't care that Miles, her boyfriend, died. I didn't care that her best friend died. I didn't care that her therapist died. I was happy
1: about that one.
0: And there's a really cool shot where Jane is tied up to a chair and it gets knocked over and she's laying face to face facing her dead friend. And I'm like, I'm supposed to feel something and I don't.
1: Yeah, No, don't give a fuck. The only thing Clara does is jog with her, I think, once. And the only thing Terry does is have her uh, version of events clinically explained to him.
0: Yeah. So, like, from a writing standpoint, like character
1: development. Like you had an hour forty. For fuck's sake! Why do you, well, Terry and Clara don't need to be there. Period. Period, point blank. They, they, they serve no purpose. Clara for they sure doesn't. They can be doesn't. friends. Maybe one of them walks in, gets killed, interrupting the murder. Maybe they're kidnapped side by side because Clara's breaking them out of jail and he's got two tasers and he just goes and fucking puts them both out. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he tases Clara mm-hmm. and then... She breaks out, runs into Clara's car, and he tases her. And it's like, bro, you didn't set that up. This was a spontaneous. Fuck it. There's an opening. Get the fuck out of the mental institution. Like, he's not been like a law-abiding citizen like uh, the movie. Not. He's obviously not a law-abiding citizen <laughs> uh, type character. Mm. You know, he's not Russell Crowe in that movie where he's like thought everything out 15 steps in advance and he's going to blow up the DA's car like this guy has not been presented to us like that he's been presented as impulsive and maniacal so if he was at the house and she goes home and then everything happens bring Clara in make Clara knock on the door
0: I think Clara for sure didn't need to be there, but, like, you could have had room to, like, expand on Terry. Like, Terry goes to see her after she's, you know, put in this institution, and he's one of the people that's, like, trying to, like, figure the situation out. They all work
1: together in the same building, which is supposedly the fucking hospital that they all work in.
0: expand. Like, Terry is one of the people that's, like, sort of to some extent trying to figure out whether or not she's going to be committed or, like, what's going to happen to her. So, like, he could have kidnapped Terry, taken Terry back to the house and been torturing Terry to be like, how do I get to her? Like, how do we get her out of here? Like, he could have, like, expanded something on that. So then you still get the shock value of her finding the dead body of someone she cares about because they imply that her and Terry are friends. Like, Terry offers for her to come stay with him because all this shit's been happening. So there could have been, like, some moment of seeing, like, Terry suffering and Terry being like, I'm not gonna help you, go fuck yourself or whatever, you know? Like, they could have played some of that up a bit and then still had this dramatic moment of her being like, oh my god, you killed this man and I'm gonna die too. Like, there was, like, those bodies were just there for bodies. 100%. It doesn't make any fucking sense. (laughs)
1: Like, you just wanted to create this violent ending. And the violent ending is the worst part of the whole film. Mm -hmm. You've not set me forth for a violent ending. It's a movie about trauma.
0: And that's, that's the curious... The
1: weirdest thing, and this is what we were talking about earlier, right? Like, the craziest shit. And I think it's on your list. It's not on mine, so my apologies if I'm stealing it. Um... You've been attacked, supposedly, in your home. We don't know. It looks a lot like an office. Keep treating it like a home. Um, But you've been attacked by a patient, and then you start taking patients in. He breaks into your house and is standing in your living room when you come home, and at no point do you ever close the fucking window.
0: Yeah, and they lead you to believe... Nora is no longer alive for, like, a good first half hour or more of the She film. cut her throat, she cut her wrists. Yeah, like, you you think for a large chunk at the beginning of the film that Nora is actually dead, and then come to find out Nora's alive, Nora's yeah. been institutionalized this whole time, and then this doesn't make any sense. Somebody stops paying the bills and Nora gets released, which that's not how that works at all. No. Like, if you're
1: considered... Under investigation considered for... A homicide or Well, if you're considered, a considered unstable,
0: you're institutionalized, period, regardless yeah. of whether or not somebody's paying for it. So, um, the bills stop getting paid and Nora gets released, even though she's not safe to be in society. And um, we finally realize, oh shit, Nora's actually alive. Maybe like all these times she's hallucinating Nora. Nora's actually been breaking into her house. And she keeps staying at her house. She puts in a security system but doesn't lock the doors, doesn't lock the windows. Doesn't go
1: buy a firearm.
0: Doesn't go stay with her friend yeah. or anything, even though she says she's going to, doesn't go stay with her boyfriend who's a cop. Like <laughs> doesn't or have him have the cop stay, stay with with her. with
1: her, like every night, you know?
0: Yeah. Like for someone who's experienced this extreme trauma, it's a very unrealistic. portrayal of how they would act
1: therapy is very well done and the attempt at ptsd i get it and i can understand it but you know me and when you moved in here i had guns within arm's reach everywhere every room there were guns in the bathrooms there were guns in the kitchen there were guns uh, tucked behind the couch there were guns Next to the bed, there's still a gun in the underwear drawer. like, <laughs>
0: well, like I... Um, like,
1: I, I was in the throes of it, and I, I didn't get stabbed by a kid and still inviting people over, you know. I, 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 I wouldn't just leave my window open to allow... Violent schizophrenics to come to my house for appointments, and I wouldn't. Like I can't. Like, I could wrap my head around maybe doing that, but there'd be a shotgun in the cupboard, you know. Well, see,
0: like <laughs> I haven't had any personal experience with like extreme PTSD. I've had PTSD on a. Well, I
1: think everybody has it. It's a thing that we don't talk about often enough.
0: Well, I'm just saying to the mm. level of you got slit open by some girl with a random hunk of glass she just conveniently has. Like, I have never experienced trauma on that level. So, like, my uh, personal experience with PTSD has been significantly more low-key than that. But I I have, like, experienced that feeling of, like, panic and anxiety and, um, like, struggled, like, when I was in, like, the worst of it with, like feeling safe going out of my own front door and like even here like I've, I've gotten past that like I feel fine being out in public I'm fine being in crowded situations but when I'm at home like we have two deadbolts on both of our doors and Brett usually only locks one of them and I almost always go back behind him and lock the second <laughs> one even though I know it's not necessary I'm like no I want both of those locks locked. I know
1: I'm double certified for active shooter. So
0: I'm, I'm- <laughs>
1: I'm very good with it. I know, I'm I'm not I'm not
0: saying like I feel unsafe if it's not locked, but I'm yeah. like there are two locks there. I'm locking them both. <laughs> so like I like it's not realistic that she would leave her front door unlocked no, like, and do her you windows remember are wide open. When we had
1: a person pull into the apartment. And I made you go get the rifle out of the back room, not to take outside, mm-hmm. but to put on the other side of the door mm-hmm. because I couldn't sit outside because I didn't know who the fuck that was. <laughs> And I'd be damned if I was not an arm's length away from 30 bullets if that person was there to cause us harm. That's post-traumatic stress disorder. It's, I don't want to kill anybody, I don't want to fucking hurt anybody, but I want to have the option to where I'm not indefensible. I wouldn't be inviting schizophrenics into my home.
0: Oh, she...
1: She's like, a theft. She's
0: mostly dealing with uh like a but at she that doesn't point.
1: have a a nine millimeter in the kitchen counter, you know. She's like, Well, you know, worst case scenario, I'll back myself up if I need to, you know.
0: Well, at that point in her career she's mostly dealing with like more domestic therapy type stuff. But yeah, she does Just start like the same start seeing a dude who at one point in the film breaks into her house and Like,
1: I... He's done it. You still don't have a knife, at least, or a bat. And has
0: found bloody footprints on her own, uh, like, kitchen floor. There's that one scene where there's blood all over her sheets and photos of... Was it her or Nora? I can't even remember. There were photos of some kind on her bed, and her sheets were covered in blood. And she still stays in her own home with the windows open and the front door unlocked. No weapons. No weapons. Uh, has friends she can stay with, has a cop boyfriend. Like, she can I,
1: go buy a Kimber on a psychologist guy. Well, goddamn.
0: I mean, even yeah. at that level, like, I personally don't like firearms, so I wouldn't own a firearm, but like, to literally make no effort to protect yourself. Like, you literally are dating a cop. <laughs> your own
1: home, you're dating a police officer. I
0: would be like, can I come stay with you for you've a while? got
1: crazy dude that's like broken into your house in the middle of the fucking night at at what point do you justify buying a goddamn gun like that's where the ptsd angle more or less falls apart like you you don't need a gun but i know a lot of people with ptsd don't buy firearms because they don't trust themselves around them kudos to you um I trust myself around them. Some days they're the only things I do trust, but I was trained in them very heavily, so I treat them very responsibly. Um, but uh, they all have got knives. So <laughs> they're like, I don't want to have the ability to accidentally shoot somebody, but I want to have the ability to stab somebody if they rush me. You know.
0: And there is one scene, too, where she picks up one of her kitchen knives and then sets it down and leaves it there. I can't remember which break-in. that She keeps having these weird, like, it's because like it's hallucinations so... or actual break-ins yeah. or whatever. It's, like, kind of foggy on what she's, like, imagining and what's really happening. But she picks up a knife at one point and then sets it down and walks away from it. It's like... <laughs> Moving on.
1: What's your next bad?
0: Uh, we've covered almost all of them. Like, my only... Uh, really, like, last big one is, I mean, we've very clearly hinted at that with all this, like, she's behaving, like, in really bizarre, erratic, unrealistic ways for someone who's gone through this stuff, but also, at the beginning of the film, she's hanging out and. What I'm guessing is her office making calls to patients at fucking midnight. Yeah, like, that it's was like 11, fucking
1: weird as shit.
0: Eleven something at night, like.
1: Like they show the clock
0: yeah and like the, the doctors so who the
1: fuck is calling their patients who are mentally unstable you're a woman you are working domestic cases you're calling it eleven thirty at night like
0: <laughs> i literally work i mean like i'm assuming it's an office building they kind of make it look like it's an office building but like i literally work in a hospital where you have to have active doctors there at all times and i will tell you the day shift doctors are out the building by five
1: and they're not picking up their phone no, until nine and the next morning. <laughs> on
0: the weekends, it's on call doctors. Like, they're yeah. working that regular day shift hours, and then after five, it's somebody else's problem. Like, you got night shift doctors that yeah. are dealing with that shit. And and on-call why would you doctors. call your
1: patients that late? You yeah. would think, like, I, I could see calling your patients at like seven in the afternoon where you're like, but that's still crazy fucking late 11:30 yeah, trying to call somebody who's going through a domestic thing maybe the dude cheated on his wife and now the wife is like who the fucks calling you at 11:30 at night like that just it's open fucking be, invite
0: even just if it wasn't causing that kind of an issue if i forgot to turn I ring her off and put my phone on silent and I was in bed at night and my fucking doctor called me about my meds at like at midnight. Uh, I would pick up that phone and be like, the fuck is your problem? Yeah.
1: <laughs> if I'm getting a call from a shrink at 1130.
0: <laughs> like it's very unrealistic. Yeah. And very me weirdly an email. specific occasion. It's 2017. She's <laughs> yeah. a shit doctor.
1: Oh, it, 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 it besides the point where we don't know if the stabbing happened in an office or in a house we don't know where the office. fuck she got attacked well that's what you brought up and the wikipedia said that it was a house
0: yeah.
1: and we watched the scene and there's like she's walking out of like what looks like an office that could be in a home or in a very expensive you know hospital and and then, like, she walks through what could be a kitchen or a break room, and then there's a hallway that, again, could be a clinic or her own personal home. But the opposite shot is all of the plaques on well, the door. Well, it also showed
0: a big office building exterior. Yeah. It wasn't a house, like, exterior shot. It was so, like, is building. she
1: living in the mental health clinic? Like, she's...
0: She I, I think Wikipedia was she just wrong. I think she was in an office, but that doesn't... Especially if it was an office and not a hospital, it doesn't Supposedly explain... Supposedly the
1: same one she got locked up in later in the film.
0: Well, that's where Nora got committed.
1: Well, that's where she got committed as well. Yeah,
0: but they don't say that's where the initial incident happened, but that—that that is one thing that is kind of confusing if you think too Security much about it.
1: Security lacking. <laughs> yeah, you know, because
0: like in the... Opening sequence, I'm going to assume it's a doctor's office, not a hospital. Like, it looks like a clinic or an office building of some kind. Nora's wearing regular clothes, so she's not a patient there. And she somehow, at midnight, gets into this building. So, regardless, either way, whether it's a hospital or an office or a home, Nora has somehow gotten into this very large building in the middle of the night, while she's actively bleeding with a big piece of glass.
1: You got any more beds? Mm-mm. I've got one more bed. Uh, Alex and Nora's relationship is inconsistent to the point where it's fucking confounding. Mm, yeah. He's raping her. She's stabbing him. He's saving her from going to jail. She goes to a mental asylum. He pays the a bills. Car accident. He pays the bills. He switches identities and then more or less hires her to go back to attack uh, Jane. And then she hangs herself, and he blames Jane for her hanging. Like it, their relationship. Should be complex, hmm. but it's this weird back and forth where it's like I know that I you know touched your asshole with my finger at a family dinner, but um, would you mind trying to help me harass your therapist?
0: I don't think he hires her like to me, it feels a little stockholmish, like he's yeah. like coerced this very like abused kid that he's been molesting her whole life into helping him, but it is bizarre that while his daughter is alive, he's actively trying to sabotage this doctor, because his, like, kind of final statement to Jane is something about, like, she was perfect, and you messed it up, and whatever, and, like, you'd think if he didn't want his daughter locked up, he would have just stopped paying the bills ages ago, and if his daughter is still so like traumatized that she's willing to allow him to be around her. She's cut his face up. Well, no, I mean, post her having been committed. Because after she's released... That's That's
1: what I'm saying. That's why it's inconsistent. She tried to kill him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then she's released and she's somehow, I guess, still like under his thumb enough that she's willing to tolerate being around him. So instead of still trying to weirdly enact this plan to sabotage Jane, you think he'd just go back to molesting her and be like, let's pick back up where we left off, honey. Like, I don't get why he wastes the time that he has with her trying to enact this weird plan.
1: A strange sort of revenge. Yeah. It's like he's blaming Jane for him raping his daughter, and the daughter's blaming both of them, and like he's able to bend his daughter until the point where she kills herself. But again, we don't really get a Nora um, moment to build that character Mm -hmm. to feel any sympathy for her suicide.
0: Which I would understand... Post-Nora hanging herself and actually legit dying in the film. Him wanting to then kill Jane. Like, I would understand that much. But he's enacting this plan to sabotage Jane while Nora is still alive and with him. So it's like... Like, his whole premise is I'm torturing you because you fucked up this relationship I have with my daughter. And Jane didn't even know he was molesting her. So Jane has no concept of what's going on.
1: Like, I'm just... Medicating your daughter until she can talk to me about her PTSD. Yeah. Why are you blaming me? If you were responsible, you should have come in and.
0: Like I I, I feel like he just would have like gotten her back out and gone back to molesting her and being this weird little creepy happy family. Like.
1: You wouldn't attack the daughter, or not the the daughter. You wouldn't attack the doctor. Yeah.
0: So yeah, it doesn't.
1: It all falls apart in the last 15 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what we've done today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not true. These are still valid points. The energy is just going down. I'm hungry. We're having burgers for dinner and it's almost 7 o'clock at night. So you motherfuckers can go on.
1: All right. Well, uh, do you want to do the plugs? Yeah. Plug away. I'm not even going to.
0: What? Do you that's, want to question? Yeah, that's out of character.
1: What are we doing on Facebook?
0: Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. Can I finish it? Jesus Christ. I'm (laughs) barreling through this last few seconds. Find us on
1: Facebook at?
0: Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions.
1: How about Twitter? That would be
0: at Nightmare Box Pro.
1: Maybe on occasion you could, you know, go see all the uh, Cupid angles. What were they called?
0: Uh, Dutch recanted.
1: Dutch recanted angles on our Instagram. Dutch canted. It's two words. Dutch or canted uh, on our Instagram at?
0: Uh, that would be at Nightmare Box Productions.
1: And you can send us an email.
0: Uh, Nightmare Box Productions at Gmail.
1: Uh, you can go buy the book at?
0: The Nightmare Box. blog.
1: Or you can go watch the
0: dolls on
1: Kristen's YouTube page.
0: That would be YouTube.com slash Kristen Pennington.
1: And our MySpace.
0: Still don't have one
1: you going to have to get on that shit. I Tom's going really to be don't. F- fucking furious.
0: Don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> Not that worried about Tom. He actually sold his stock on MySpace, So
1: Send us an Tom email. Tom is no longer
0: any of your friends.
1: <laughs> send us an email. Send us suggestions on any of the uh, DMs on any of those social media pages. Tweet at us. Share it with your friends. If you guys like what you're hearing, we love to have more people that enjoy what we're doing. Uh, we're trying to get to a thousand downloads. We're sitting at damn near 700. And um, when we do that, we get to watch Zombieavers and I'm definitely wanting to do that before we move.
0: <laughs> oh, that's... Up. We're moving soon. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not happening. No.
1: Yeah. So if you know somebody, share it with somebody. And maybe they'll share it with somebody else. And I love you. I love you. And I love you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you the end of the week.